travel. I travel to experience new places, unfamiliar climates, and diverse cultures. I travel for family and for work, for incredible food, amazing adventure, or to just recharge and relax. Traveling brings me new perspectives and an opportunity to experience something memorable. We all seek travel for similar reasons, to reconnect or to disconnect and more. And after the COVID-related restrictions of the last two years, people are traveling again. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm your host, Mary Herondine. Today, we'll talk about the importance and the value of travel. We are joined again by AAA and ACE Publications travel editor, Jim Benning, an award-winning travel journalist who has explored ancient sites in Peru, checked out the Senegalese music scene, and took his 12-year-old daughter surfing in Costa Rica. We are also joined by Elizabeth Harriman Lasley, a former co-host with her late husband, Paul Lasley, of On Travel, a radio show that aired to a million listeners in 167 countries on the American Forces Network. Also former travel editor of Westways Magazine, where she continues to contribute. Jim, Elizabeth, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. So nice to be back with you, Mary. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's, it's my pleasure. It's great to connect with both of you. Well, now that the world has mostly opened back up, it seems like you're off on a distant adventure every time I turn around. Are you making up for lost time? Trying mightily. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You definitely have that travel bug. What about you, Elizabeth? You making up for lost time? Well, it's the... I've been mostly traveling for work, doing uh, conferences and so forth. But I have to say, it's awfully good to be back on the road again. You know, when the, the first trip I did after the pandemic, I, I, you know, it was good just to be hanging out in an airport again. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I never thought I'd say, say that. that. I yeah. know, but it was just nice to be out among people again. Yeah, that's nice. And so I know travel is really important for your work, but more personally, why is travel so important for you, Jim? Uh, I would say for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I, you know, just traveling with loved ones. I think mm -hmm. it's a great way to connect. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in the sort of the, the, the grind of just day-to-day right. -day life. And for me, at least, when I travel, I'm, I'm sort of stepping out of my routine. Um, it's a chance to sort of take a deep breath, um, to slow down a bit, to really, um, you know, if I'm traveling, whoever I'm traveling with, I'm, you know, it gives me a chance to, to um, kind of stop and smell the roses, you mm -hmm. know. Absolutely. Travel changes you. I, I don't think I ever come back from a trip the same person I was when I left. I think even if, whether if it's, it's just a, a short trip to a domestic destination or, or a trip around the world, you, you learn something. You, you come back a different person. And I, I think that's, travel has broadened my horizons. It's, it's uh, you, uh, I, I think you, you alluded to uh, how you, it, it takes us out of our comfort zones. Uh -huh. Yes, and, and I think that's important because it's, it's a way that we can grow. It breaks down barriers. You know, I think travel is one of mankind's last best hopes for peace in the world because, wow. you know, the more you meet somebody in a different country that maybe their politicians have told you you're supposed to hate mm -hmm. and you realize they're, they're someone just like you with, who cares about their kids and who cares about uh, getting an education for their kids. or I, I think you'd be much harder to blow that person up. 
Right. They, you know, they say to um, become more socially aware, to um, become more emotionally intelligent, you really do have to step outside your comfort zone and understand that not just the people around you, but the people that are not normally in your circle. Um, so that's really interesting. Now, Jim, for you, they, you know, Elizabeth describes it as this transformative experience. Um, is it that way for you? It is, yeah. It certainly can be. Um, I think of my first trips abroad when I was in my early twenties, and you know, I think um, I, you know, spent most of my life uh, growing up here in the U.S. Really thinking that um, I was at the center of the planet, and <laughs> um, and without a real appreciation for, I guess, what life was like um, in other parts of the world, and it really opened my eyes to um, how big the world is. Um, to the fact that, um, you know, um, people can see things from different perspectives, um, um, from, um, the, the, the diversity of, of religion, faith, um, kinds of government. I just, you know, it, it kind of, I found it pretty mind blowing, I guess. I knew intellectually that the world was a big place and that there were, you know, a lot of people with a lot of different points of view, but um, to actually go there and experience it myself, um, it was, I have to say it was like, it was humbling. Um, you know, I, 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 I realized that um, there are billions of people on this planet that have, um, you know, um, dreams, um, families. Uh, of course, I, I knew that intellectually again, but I, I think, um, you know, I, I wound up feeling sort of humbled by it and also just, I, I think, with a greater sense of appreciation for um, um, just this, the kind of struggles that people mm -hmm. face as well. There's no substitute for being there. I remember my first international trip was when I was in college and I was on a USO tour of the army bases in Germany. And I grew up in Indiana. And I grew up eating, you know, Wonder Bread and uh, Folgers coffee. And, <laughs> and no, no offense, but um, you go to Germany and you taste real freshly made bread with unsalted mm -hmm. butter. Oh, I'll never forget the first time I tasted that bread. And coffee, real coffee. Uh, it was a revelation. Oh, my gosh. So, yes, opening up those horizons. And, uh, yeah, what, one of the... One of the army bases that we that we visited was uh, was at Dachau, you know, the right. former concentration camp, and so uh, it's not a very happy memory. But it we actually saw the uh, the ovens, you know, and and so but, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, and I and I think that's something that every person should do at some time in their life is visit one of those places to, to prevent those horrible things from happening again. That's one of the values of travel is you you experience those things and then you resolve to not let those things happen again. And, and it's just like when I went to Philadelphia and you can stand in the very place where they signed the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. You can actually stand there where where our country was born. Incredible. There, there is it? no... and I, I get a... In Independence Hall, I get I get goosebumps every time I think about that. There's no substitute for being there. Yeah, when I went to Italy, and um, I went into these Catholic churches, or when I saw you know the artwork, um, uh, David, you know the sculpture, and, oh, yeah. and stood in front of it, and I thought about the just the mastery, the artwork, the concentration. 
um, just the talent that it might have taken. It really does take you beyond, oh, this is really cool to, that's incredible. And I couldn't imagine seeing something like this for the first time or being in that church where everybody believed and is kind of praying together and you feel it when you go inside. You know, I felt that different perspective and the challenges that people had um, when I went to India, mm. I mean, you could see it and feel it. I have goosebumps now <laughs> on my face just talking about it. But it really is transformative. Now, um, when did you catch the travel bug? I know you're talking about when you were in college. And, and for you, Jim, you're you know mentioning, like most of us, we think the world revolves around us. But I know that you travel the world now. Um, when did you catch the travel bug? Well, for me, I guess it was, we used to travel up to northern, I'm again from Indianapolis, and we used to go up to northern Michigan every summer, and I would always look forward to those trips. I think for me, though, a lot of it had to do with um, going to the movies. <laughs> I would see all these wonderful places, New York and Paris and all over the world, and, and I I wanted to go there and, mm-hmm. and experience them in person. And then one time, I, I, I loved to and wanted to travel so much. I one time I took a course at the um, uh, in tour management, uh, <laughs> I, I, International Tour Management Institute. Oh, so wow. yeah, so like if we ever do a the, the uh, traveling with AAA tour, I could be the tour leader. <laughs> 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 but but it was a two week course, and it was it was wonderful. And um, I was living in L.A. at the time, and we had a weekend trip to Lake Havasu. Mm-hmm. And Lake Havasu isn't. It's a very nice destination. It isn't maybe not the most exotic destination. I was so excited just to be getting out to Lake Havasu. We stopped in Palm Springs on the way, and mm-hmm. and we each had an assignment. I had to give a talk about cactus, and so I learned all about cactus, the cacti that we were going to go and see, and <laughs> how the cactus is different from a what's the difference between a cactus and a, a succulent, and uh, and then getting to Lake Havasu. I mean, I get. I mean, I so. It's wonderful to get excited about going to Paris or Rome when they're amazing. Actually, I've never been to Rome yet. But anyway, yeah. but I but I get excited about just going away for the weekend, just to be, as Jim was saying, getting away from your normal surroundings gives you a fresh perspective. Wow. And Jim, for you? For me, I have to say it was road trips with my parents when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Grew up in Southern California. Um, we had a Volkswagen camper van, and my parents liked to hike and camp. And so we would take off every summer on these trips to the Grand Canyon, to Yosemite, up through the Canadian Rockies. Um, and um, I that was really my first, I think my first like sense of wanderlust, that, oh. f- that feeling of like f- wanting to just kind of get lost was probably on those trips. Um, and I've never shaken that. I've, you know, every every 10 years or so, I think like, well, surely I've like kicked my travel addiction by now. And no. I've sated my, my need for travel and it never happens. Never so. satisfied. And as you shouldn't be, it sounds like it really has changed and shaped who you are, even, you know, with your career. Um, and you mentioned, you know, bonding with your family and even now bonding with whoever it is that you're traveling with. What other benefits do you think travel brings us uh, or brings couples, solo uh, travelers? Well, it's interesting. I, even though I, I uh, was married for 37 years, I, I sometimes Paul and I would have to travel separately. And, and when you travel alone, I mean, it's wonderful to be traveling with your loved one because you can share those experiences and you see through things through each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. But 
when you travel alone, especially as a single woman, and some women are hesitant to travel alone, but um, but it's nice because it's amazing how people will take you under their wing if they know you're a woman traveling alone. I mean, you have to be alert. Make sure you, you know, ha- have all your um, antenna up and you travel safely, travel defensively. In fact, I would recommend everybody uh, take a self-defense course uh, just as a matter of course. I think it's a good good mm-hmm. tool to have in your pocket. But it's you when you travel alone, you um, you kind of experience things at a, at a deeper level and you find that you are more resourceful than maybe right. you thought you thought you were. Yeah, it's true. When I'm forced to find the directions on my own or or anything like that, it's like, okay, I can handle this. I also, you know, um, it's some time to be like introspective and think about Mm. the way that you're experiencing it. Sometimes when I'm traveling with others, um, I go into planning mode or sometimes I'm I'm focused on, are they having a good time? Is this something they would want to do? And, you know, it's easy to not be connected with yourself and, and what you're experiencing. Any other benefits? What about you, Jim? Uh, I liked what Elizabeth was just saying about sort of the, the kindness of strangers. Um, you know, it's so easy um, reading the news, looking at the news every day to think that the world is this horrible place with, um, you know, horrible people everywhere doing horrible things. And um, I can't tell you how many times I've been out in a, in a foreign country lost or in need of some sort of assistance and some kind person has come to my aid Mm -hmm. and um uh, you know every time it happens um it just it it i'm reminded that that you know i fundamentally believe most people are good you know um and so travel is a wonderful reminder of that um, because you know you're really vulnerable often when you're traveling in foreign countries you you don't speak the language um, you don't have the, the context to understand all sorts of situations. Um, so that, that to me has been incredibly valuable. Um, I'm also a big fan of the, the Marcel, Marcel Proust quote, the re- real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Mm. Um, and for me, you know, I try to come back and, and even when I'm, when I am stuck in my day-to-day grind, I try to, um, you know, think about look at the world as though I'm seeing my surroundings for the first time you know I'm not always successful at that Um, you know racing here this morning to get here in time to record the podcast you know I was (laughs) I was just um, I was uh, really not um, I I, I, I felt like I could I could have benefited from my my being my better travel self. I guess, you know, that's the other thing is I often feel like I'm a better person when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. I tend to be more patient, more generous, um, I think because I've slowed down a bit. And so I try to to bring that home with me, too. Yeah, that's a great thing to bring back. I know I always bring back a souvenir or a trinket or something and I and and some memories for sure. But bringing back that perspective or to live the day as if you're traveling, um, treat the people in your life as if you have slowed down. Um, I know I I definitely get more work done and more productivity when I'm um, acting as if I'm going on vacation. I'm like, okay, I've got to wrap this up. I'm so productive. Um, So yeah, that could be a good takeaway as well. Oh, I love that attitude. I'm (laughs) going to remember. (laughs) Oh, that will help me get through my day. That's a a great tip, Mary. Uh, But I love what you said Jim, about I do think travel brings out the best in us. We, um, Paul and I used to write 
um, ship uh, books about shipbuilding, and we were visiting uh, the Fincantieri shipyard in Montalcone, Italy, at one point, and one of the shipbuilders said, uh, and he'd been an engineer on the ships, and he said, you know, I think and he was talking specifically about cruising, but I think it affects it, it broadens broadens to travel. People people are at their best when they're traveling, yeah. and I think that's true. Now, I mean, it that may not always seem like it when they're you know yelling at the airport because their bag got lost or something like that, but in general, people. You might try something you never tried at home, mm-hmm. you, because especially like on a on a cruise ship, like you know, you might try a dance that you you would never try mm-hmm. at home because there's nobody there to to see you, and and you will um, be your you be. And I think I always think of myself. Well, I am an ambassador for the United States, and so you want. I think you, I think it does bring out the best the best in us. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, yeah. I know you traveled a lot um, with Paul, your late husband. Um, was that when some of your most memorable travel experiences were? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, I have so much to be grateful for. I remember um, we went to Australia several times, and that's such an amazing country and continent. Um, I went to a little town of Kalgoorlie, which is a gold rush town out mm-hmm. in the outback, and uh, we had a, a guide that showed us how the indigenous peoples would um, find water in the in the outback, and how they would like maybe make a lattice work so that they would keep the water pure, uh, keep bugs from falling oh. into it. Like, yeah, I mean, amazing things. And it was all this red dust was all over everything. And they they played a game called two up, where they like tossed two coins in the air and. And you either uh, they come down heads or tails or both heads or both tails, mm-hmm. or, and um, it just getting in again. And Kalgoorlie um, was an old gold rush town from like the turn of the nineteenth century, and but it, they were starting to do uh, mine for gold again because it, new processes had made it had made it uh, productive again. But it was still very much kind of going back in time, and and uh, and so that was fascinating. And um, oh, and the, I remember one time we were at outside of Melbourne. We were at a place, and we went out walking early in the morning, in the countryside. And and there was a, a like there's a bird in Australia that they call it a bellbird, and it sounds just like a bell. And that would wake mm-hmm. us up in the morning. And in the little stream there, we saw a duck-billed platypus. Oh, <laughs> I know. And then we were out walking, and then all of a sudden we turned to our right, and there was. A whole among in among the eucalyptus trees, there was, there were like must have been twenty or thirty kangaroos just oh, standing wow. motionless in the haze of dawn. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, it sounds sounds memorable. And for you, Jim, um, you know, when I think of my most meaningful travel memory, it it had to be the trip I did with my my father. He died in, uh, several years ago. But he was a World War II vet. Mm -hmm. And um, um, probably about 20 years ago, I asked him to travel uh, with me back to the areas in Western Europe where he'd spent time during the war. Um, He had fought in the Battle of the Bulge, uh, among other things. And... You know, he's he was a member of one of those greatest of the greatest generation, mm-hmm. sort of famous for being rather reticent. Um, he didn't talk about the war very much, but it clearly had a big impact on who he was. And um, 
so for me, traveling there with him was um, it, it was sort of like opening a door into this these memories that he had. Um, and the fact that we left home and we were on this kind of pilgrimage of sorts, I think prompted him to be, um, you know, to, to talk a little bit more about the experiences that he had. My goal was really just to get closer to him, mm. you know, while there was still time. And um, I have to say it was an amazing trip. It was a, it's, it's probably my favorite travel memory. Wow. It sounds like you were able to get close to him during that time. And, and to your point, you know, um, and thank you. Uh, and you know, we, I thank him for his service, and he's gone now. But that sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, not not talking about it. Yes, and and I think travel traveling with loved ones does that. It again, it gives you the time. We lead such busy lives that families, when they travel together, you mentioned how pa- families bond. And I mean, some of my happiest memories of my family were our, for our family vacations, and then. When Paul and I would travel together, you know, when we'd be someplace, a little hotel where we would just sit in the morning and have coffee together, uh, we'd have time. We'd have time. His time is so precious. Yeah. Time to bond with each other. You know, I'm one of um, seven. I think I've shared that with you before. I come from a, a large family. So having time away with just, you know, me and my sister or my brother or my mother, it was uh, very rare. And, and for some of us, we, we never really have had that time, just the two of us. Uh, but a few years ago, I went, um, I was traveling to uh, Maine. And I took my mom with me, and we went to Boston, and we had great food. And mm. it was really nice. We spent a few days together, just the two of us and bonding and and, you know she's my mother I I feel like we have this great bond but it was it was a really good experience and she'd never seen that um, part of the country before so she just loved it she ate it up she thought it was beautiful and I had been there uh, plenty of times and so it was really nice showing that to her and then when I went to Italy I was visiting my brother and um, his wife and and kids and we did a lot together which was amazing because I hadn't spent that time with them Um, he's in the Air Force Mm. And um, we'd never spent that time together. But then just my brother and I uh, went away for the day uh, to Florence. And it was just incredible. It was a lot of fun. I felt like, you know, when we were kids, we were two peas in a pod. We were thick as thieves. And I felt like that again. We're like, let's go here. Let's go there. And I really felt like it was two kids let on the loose in the city. It just it brought that back because we really were so connected when we were when we were little. So I I love that. I mean, the the way that that travel can sort of change your dynamic with the person you're traveling with. I mean, my dad was the kind of guy who, you know, as an adult, I'd call my parents house and my mm-hmm. dad would answer the phone and say, oh, you want to talk to your mom? He was he was like ready to get off the yeah. phone as soon as I called. And I specifically wanted to get him away from my mom, right. you know, to sort of force him to be, a, you know, the, mm-hmm. a more talkative person. And, um, and, and it, you know, it, it, and he was and it worked and um you know if i had if we if i had gone with my mom and my dad i think it would have been a fantastic trip too but it would have been a very different trip and so the you know the 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 way that you can um try to sort of home in on like you know a particular relationship or Mm -hmm. you know it's it's travel as this kind of magic opportunity to do that i think it really does especially you know like with my mom when i had taken her uh, with me to boston and maine and all over um it was like I was showing it to her, yes. so I was really proud of it and it encouraged me to get out. And I can imagine your father showing you that part of his history and um, taking you to the, the places that 
you know, clearly impacted him so much and shaped who he was um, probably, you know, ever since then and as a father and, and all those things, he probably felt that proud moment too. I'm sharing this with you and, and more compelled to speak up and talk about those experiences. That's yeah, really cool. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, I um, embarrass myself frequently on trips and I love to hear about other people embarrassing <laughs> themselves, especially someone as well-traveled as you. Any embarrassing travel moments? Oh, yes. Paul and I <laughs> wrote a whole article about our most embarrassing travel moments, but I guess my most embarrassing was um, we had been up to Alaska and done this uh, great tour of Alaska and gone kayaking and everything. And so the gentleman who was the head of the Alaska Tourism Office was uh, visiting Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we were meeting for dinner. And so I walked into the restaurant and um, went up and uh, kissed this gentleman. <laughs> and he said, well, thank you for the kiss, but I'm not, I'm not John. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh dear. I love it. I can still see you uh, blushing when you tell that story. Oh, yes. that's good. That's see, that's what's good about being embarrassed. I mean, and and you still feel it later, yes, don't you? Yes, yes. But it was it's 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 it it's humbling. It is. It is certainly. And Jim, Jim probably doesn't have any. No. He's such a good traveler. <laughs> no, <I> no. <laughs> you know, my, my I guess I don't know if it's the most embarrassing, but I always uh, sort of get myself into trouble when I learn like a phrase or two in a foreign language. Uh -oh. And, you know, I roll it out trying to sound like a local. And then, of course, the person who hears me sometimes thinks I know more than I do. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then I wind up in way over my head and trying then trying to communicate that I don't understand a word you're saying. Um, so that that's sort of like my perpetual embarrassment. Yeah, you're always, okay, let's see if I can, you know, roll out this question more developed than the than the basic, you know, hola or yeah. <laughs> buongiorno, something like that. I love it. I've, I've got to see you um, do that. <laughs> I think next time I, I know anybody who speaks a foreign language, I'm going to um, introduce them to Jim and say, oh, yeah, he's fluent. <laughs> <laughs> now, any travel lessons you learned the hard way? Oh yes, and this one I guess it could be, it's another embarrassing moment. It's um <laughs> when Paul and I showed up for our international flight to Italy 3 hours early oh. and a day late. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes. Oh, that taught me to double check the times and the dates and uh, and actually um a good idea to have a good travel agent to help mm -hmm. you with some of those things as well. <laughs> That um, almost happened to me on my way back from Pittsburgh. I was checking in, and, you know, I was so early to the airport, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got plenty of time. Mm. And she says, okay, so you'll start boarding at 1025 a.m. And I'm like, that doesn't sound accurate. I was about an hour off, a little over an hour off. But luckily, I'd gone so early. But I, I couldn't imagine. I would have been in tears probably. <laughs> like, no, oh, no. Because it's such a, a long trip anyway with the layover. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about for you, Jim? I've probably, I think I've gotten a little bit too relaxed at times in my mm -hmm. travels. There was a time I was traveling around Europe, and um, I was going to this beautiful little town of Dingle um, on, the, um, on the Atlantic. And 
I didn't have a reservation for a place to stay. And it was, I think it was like a Monday and they figured it was fine. Um, and it turned out it was a bank holiday weekend. Oh, no. Yeah. And there was no place to stay. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And, and actually, this sort of brings me back to the kindness of strangers. Mm. Um, I wound up somehow knocking on the door and a woman who maybe ran a B&B was uh, offered to loan me her tent. And oh I wound goodness. up sleeping next to a field of cows in oh a tent. Um, and it actually turned out to be kind of a wonderful experience. But I realized that, you know, you've got to kind of think through things and, and do a little, like just a basic moderate amount of planning. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would say, <laughs> I would say so. I couldn't imagine. I'd probably just knock on the door and just cry if I don't speak the language. Just help. Yeah, help, yeah. You know? Fortunately, I was in Ireland where, oh, okay. you know, where people are English very friendly. Yes, and where yeah. people are very friendly. But it that speaks to another thing that you learn and that is simply to stay flexible because you yeah. never know even <clears throat> excuse me even the best of plan even with the best of plans things can go wrong you can end up with no room yeah. so uh, you have to be resourceful and flexible roll well, I, with the punches yeah i think the pandemic really taught us that with so many people having to cancel travel um travel plans i know people who had held off their wedding held off their wedding receptions and all these things are there any other lessons we've all learned from the pandemic oh i think the main lesson is that not to postpone things because there was this one, <clears throat> excuse me, this one hotel in uh, England that Paul and I had always wanted to go to and that a friend of ours was operating, and uh, we never made it. And, and so that, the, and now, of course, my, my dear husband has passed on, so I can't, can't go with him, but I am going to, uh, when I start traveling again more internationally, I'm going to go visit that B&B in southern England. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think about the passage of time, too, with my daughter, yeah. um, you know, leading up to the pandemic. She's now 16 and um, doesn't isn't always as enthusiastic to travel with her parents as she used <laughs> to be. So, um, you know, I'm glad I did as many trips as I did with her, you know, before the pandemic hit. But that, that definitely rings true. I guess the other thing is um, I think a lot of us rediscovered the joys of traveling close to home, mm -hmm. you know, because we had to. Um, and in fact, we, we published a great essay by the uh, wonderful travel writer Pico Iyer that was called The Wonders Close to Home, mm. um, in which he wrote about um, spending more time just strolling, I think, with his wife around Santa Barbara and kind of rediscovering the beauty of this neighborhood and, and wandering down streets he'd never wandered down before. And I certainly had that experience. Um, did more, more road trips in the Southwest and saw things I hadn't seen before. Um, so, you know, I love, I love uh, getting on a plane and, and, and flying across the world, but you don't have to do that to have an amazing travel experience. And I think the pandemic did remind, uh, remind me of that. Yeah, Definitely. To your point, you know, um, it's easy to think of all these exotic destinations or these places far away, but we have so much beauty close to home. I mean, I live in Huntington Beach here in California. And I joke that we live at vacation. We live at Hawaii because of the weather and because of the proximity to the beach and um, just everything that's there. But sometimes I like to do a little staycation. Mm -hmm. I'll actually, you know, um, stay at a hotel there right at the beach and um, just enjoy 
like our local weather and it's nice to kind of get away and unplug you know I'm right down the street um, great but idea it, but it yeah. is really nice we have so much beauty here close to home and if it's not that it might be the beach or I take mm-hmm. the kids to the tide pools or something just uh, you know a very short drive from my home and and explore what's here it's it's definitely nice I know I've got a few friends that'll do hikes on the weekends mm. in Los Angeles and um, it's just beautiful there's a lot to be here and I think yeah to your point the pandemic really has um, taught us that and not to hold things off I think a lot of people were holding off on travel because we just didn't have enough information we right. didn't know what was going on um, but after some time it's like okay how much longer can I can I put this off so amazing now so uh, people sometimes say be a traveler not a tourist can you be a traveler on an escorted tour I know you recently um, took a few escorted tours uh, when you were in uh, Colombia well I I think you can because I think it has to do more with uh, the attitude with which you travel you know a friend of mine Leon Lieberman uh, used to lead tours and he and he's, he used to say there are too many tourists in the world and not enough travelers. The idea being that if you're a tourist, you're like the the old image of a bus tour where if it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium. You, you're mm-hmm. so briefly in a place, you don't know where you are. And, and you're maybe a, a bad, uh, give a bad image of an American tourist. But I think, I think it has to do with your attitude. I think a traveler is, is one who seeks to see a place through the eyes of the people who live there, who you open yourself up to the local experiences and try to immerse yourself in the local culture. You know, there are, (laughs) I remember seeing in Paris, seeing a couple from the United States saying, well, there's nothing American on this menu. (laughs) You're in Paris, (laughs) you know. Um, So, but, so that would be like, like, I guess the quote, a tourist. But if you're, but even on an escorted tour, I think you can be a traveler if you travel with an open mind mm-hmm. and i think and and increasingly tour operators are offering experiences that enable you to experience more of the local culture for instance you know it could be con- you go to a local uh, food market and maybe even go to a co- uh, have a cooking class mm-hmm. or maybe it's um, immersion in art or uh, learning about flamenco or whatever it is i think tour operators are trying to address that more. So I think, yeah, I, I think it has to do with the attitude that you travel with. Yeah, I've interviewed some um, of our experts mm. recently for the show, and, and that's what they're sharing is that there are more unique experiences, not what you would you know think of maybe 20, 30 mm-hmm. years ago going on a tour. It's really just more experiences versus just stopping and seeing and taking your picture and moving on. I think a lot of experiencing the world that... Um, the tour operators are, are helping people to do and so what about for you Jim do you often do tours or I know you travel solo a lot I probably travel solo more than I do tours but um, but I have been on tours and I, I I think I liked what Elizabeth was saying about traveling with an open mind I think mm-hmm. another way to say that is to travel with a with a sense of curiosity mm-hmm. um, and I think you know for me going someplace and and just just and looking at the world and thinking like, well, why, why do they, why, why do people do this this way? Why, mm-hmm. why is that the way that is? Um, and you can do that whether you're on a group tour, whether you're traveling by yourself, it's more the, as, as Elizabeth was saying, the attitude that you bring to the mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know Elizabeth, 
I know you love cruising and especially U.S. River cruises. Can you talk a bit about cruising and the role um, cruise ships play in the travel industry? Well, cruising is one of the fastest growing segments of the travel industry and uh, with good reason because it's you pay one price up front that includes all your accommodations and your food and your mm-hmm. transportation and a lot of activities and you can budget ahead and you unpack once. Um, but for me, cruising is all about romance. And, and I again, maybe it goes back to those old Hollywood movies that inspired <laughs> me to travel in the first place. But um, to me, once you get on a ship and you're cut off from land, there is something about being totally cut off from land that it ca- forces you to relax and forces you, to kind of as we were saying before, to uh, not forces you, but gives you the opportunity to kind of be your best self or try things you've never tried before. And and so I think even the, even if it's not maybe though the old movie where you where there was a crossing, inst- and, and I like actually crossing as more almost than cruising because you actually have a destination. <sighs> but it, it, it captures some of the romance of the golden age of, of transatlantic crossing. And, and you don't have to dress up for dinner, but you can. And you, you go to this atrium, and uh, most cruise ships have like a, a central plaza or atrium mm-hmm. someplace where you can watch everybody and people kind of dress up a little for dinner. And I mean, there's just something magical about it. And, and uh, I, that's what I love about cruising. Yeah, it really is growing. A mm. lot of cruises end up getting. And I know, um, like for Alaska, it's a banner year for Alaska. Mm-hmm. And people are cruising again, so... That's really, really cool. And now, Jim, I know you're more outdoorsy. We've talked before about national parks and touring them responsibly in a way that preserves the natural beauty. For the environmentalist, is there is it possible to travel sustainably and ethically? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you've been traveling quite a bit. Yeah, I, I have been. Um, I think so. I mean, I think... Um, you know, there are a number of things that you can do to limit the the toll that your travel is taking on the planet. Um, you know, one of those things that you can do is, for example, to um, uh, we just published a column about this. If you're going to fl- if you want to visit Edinburgh and you rather than connecting in London and getting on another flight to Edinburgh, maybe fly to London and take a train to Edinburgh. Limit oh. the limit the number of flights that you're taking. Um, I, I think, you know, also as, as energy becomes more sustainable, um, travel overall will become more sustainable. You know, we'll be getting around more in electric cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are much more conscious of um, um, uh, sort of the, the, the toll that their hotel stays are taking on, on the, 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 the area that they're in and, and thinking more about, you know, how many times does, the, does, your, does your towel or your, do your sheets need mm-hmm. to be laundered during a visit to a place? I mean, really trying just to, to limit that, I think, um, um, those are just some of the quick and easy things that you can do to, to try to at least um, um, limit the toll that you're taking on the environment. Yeah, you see that in a lot of hotels now. They're you know asking, do you want us to come and, and clean and change the sheets? Do you want us to switch out the towels? Or even the option of, we'll come in and clean your room, but if your towels are hung, if they're on the floor, we know we need to replace them and launder them. And um, and, you know, small, easy things that we can do and probably just being respectful of the place that you're going. If there are the rules, don't go off the path. Um, it's for a good reason. Yeah. I would also say that, you know, travel to certain places um, has other positive effects. For example, you know, there are parts of the world where 
Um, they may have been um, doing you know, sort of illegal trade and threatened and threatened wildlife. And the rise of like ecotourism and wildlife tours has led to another way for locals to sustain themselves. Right. Um, so travel can have a, actually a positive effect on many places in that way, too. Yeah, well, it's huge. There are a lot of places that really just wouldn't survive without tourism. Um, and it's great for their local economy to have that and and also to show, you know, travelers they're part of the world. So, yeah, I know um, I certainly love travel for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, then I'm thinking in, in terms of this question, I was thinking, am I being responsible? But I feel like if I'm following the rules and I'm trying to, you know, take more of that train travel or. Um, like I know you were recently in Colombia, you know, the bicycles um, that everybody's riding their bikes around and trying to keep uh, cars off the road um, more regularly, you know, that um, certainly influences other parts. Well, I think you said it very well when you said be respectful. And Mm -hmm. that goes to learning the customs. I like, for instance, if I go to uh, a Muslim country, I'm conscious to cover my shoulders and to maybe wear wear a headscarf. just to be respectful of the local culture. Certainly. Now, of all the places you've ever been, is there one single most favorite travel adventure you've had? So something adventurous. Can you tell us about it? Well, I don't know that I would call it. I guess it was an adventure at the time. (laughs) It was um, uh, when Paul and I uh, had our honeymoon. It was a cruise around the Hawaiian Islands, and I'd never been to Hawaii. I'd always wanted to go. Paul had been many times. He was a travel journalist before I was, and so he planned. So we took a cruise. It started in Honolulu and went to visited all the major Hawaiian islands, and he had planned. Uh, you know, you said, um, as you and you said before, Mary, that I love cruising, and I do. But I had, this was my first, it was not only my first trip to Hawaii, it was my first cruise. And it was a terrible cruise. <laughs> it, was, it was the old American Hawaii company. The cruise line doesn't exist anymore. And I, I had looked forward to, I had heard about the food is supposed to be fabulous and the food was terrible and the service wasn't very good. Nonetheless, I had a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. It's like that old joke what's the worst meal you ever had? And that guy says, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst cruise I was on. But it was, there was, again, something about being at sea, the camaraderie, and of course, being with Paul on our honeymoon. That just made it magical. It wouldn't have mattered what the food was like. But the uh, the brilliant thing that Paul did was seeing the Hawaiian islands that way. You see them the way the the sailors did from the seas. You, you, that's how you approach them. And then he had set up, he had been to all of them before, so he had set up special tours, whether to rent a car or whatever in each island. I mean, he made it very special for me. And um, and I'll tell one more story. When we were in Hawaii, you know, when we were landing, I said, oh, I'm so excited because uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get a lay uh, around my neck when we land. And he said... <laughs> Oh, Elizabeth, they don't do that anymore. Because no. that's what I'd seen in all the old movies, right? Um, so, okay, it's it's Waikiki, and we're in this beautiful hotel on Waikiki, but it's at night. And in those days, it wasn't all that safe to be at Waikiki Beach at night. But I said, oh, let's go walking on the beach. And he said, oh, Elizabeth, you don't go walking yeah. on the beach at night. But bless his heart, he did. He indulged me. And we walked along, and there was a guy selling 
Oh. Day old plumeria lace. I love it. So you got your for like twelve dollars, which was a fortune. And he bought me that lay and put it around my neck and kissed me on the cheek. So I got my lay. Oh, so that's my happiest memory. memory. Oh, that yeah. is an amazing memory. I love that. And to to go on the beach, um, <laughs> you know, as you'd seen in your dreams. And and that was Paul. That's right. that's that's the kind of man he was. I can see definitely shared so many beautiful <laughs> memories together. Thank you for sharing that one with us. And Jim, for you? I don't think I can follow that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of my favorite memories is um, I was doing a writing project about mariachi music in Mexico. Oh, mm-hmm. And I, I spent a couple of months traveling around buses in Mexico wow. um, and hanging out with mariachis. And I would sometimes just walk up to a, a, a group on a street corner and ask, tell them I was interested in their music and the history of this. And mm-hmm. they would invite me to join them. And suddenly I'd find myself in a van, you know, riding around the city of Chihuahua, for example, wow. um, until two in the morning with mariachis. And I guess, um, uh, you know, not only did I learn a lot about Mexico and music and these these amazing musicians Mm -hmm. but it reminded me that you 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 know this was a travel writing project but anybody can travel like a travel writer um Mm -hmm. and the secret i think is that sense of curiosity and um and 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 taking an interest in something Mm -hmm. specific you know um the fact that i walked up to them and said hey i'm i'm i'd like to hear more about you know the, the kind of music you're playing and um it changed everything about the experience that I had, and it gave me an entree into this world that I never would have been welcomed into otherwise. Um, so I try to take that um, that experience and that lesson with me. Um, I think everywhere I go, and 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 it, it, you know, seeking out adventures with that sense of curiosity. I think that's the that's the secret to happy traveling. It sounds like that's the key, and that's our advice uh, for our listeners. I just want to thank you both. Jim Binning uh, with AAA and Ace Publications, thank you so much for being with us. And Elizabeth harriman Lasley, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. If you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. Check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.